You're reading a magazine. You come across a full-page nude photo of a girl. Is this testing whether I'm a replicant or a lesbian, Mr. Deckard? Just answer the questions, please. Fun. Yes. Hey, thanks for coming in. Take a seat. No, no problem. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting. Just because uh, it's good to see you. Good to see. You. We just got to get this over. We'll just get this over quick. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, and done with. So, just some simple questions. First up, you're watching TV. Suddenly, there's a wasp crawling on your arm. What do you do? Uh, I would go as, as as still as possible to to not alert the wasp. I would uh, reach for anything in the air that I could use to swat it. And uh, then uh, try and try and do so in a way that would uh, stop me from being stung. You pass a homeless person. Cold night, big city. You fumble for change, but a $10 note drops into their lap. What do you do? I'd probably be like, I mean, kind of like just make, make noises for a while. Okay. Reaction time is a, a factor in this. A friend offers you tequila in the glass lies a worm is it time to drink it refuse it or pick out the worm uh, i'd refuse it <laughs> why uh because i i i don't uh drink alcohol and uh, I, I begin to suspect that this person uh is not actually my friend either uh they don't actually uh know me that well or they've been uh, taken over by maybe some sort of clone nah. so how long have you not been drinking Oh, well, how long have I been alive? Uh, about three years. <laughs> oh, wait, no, fuck. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. <laughs> oh, no, we can't complete the BFI's official Are You a Replicant <laughs> quiz. Do you want to keep going? Yeah, sure. Okay. Now and then you contemplate life alone. Is it independent, inconceivable, insulting, or intriguing? Yeah, it's it's independent. Oh, sure. <laughs> This is just an odd... Okay. You see a friend who has suffered bereavement. Afterwards, you do you feel sad, bored, powerless, or annoyed at their lack of engagement? <laughs> uh, it, it would depend on the bereavement, I guess. Okay, so we, we can play this out. <sighs> Hyphen. Hey, 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 Yufa, what's what's going on? I've suffered a bereavement. What 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 what's what's happened? That's terrible. I, I, boring. I, <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. At a party, a guest boasts of their perfect life. How do you respond? Scorn. <laughs> okay. I mock them as an option. <laughs> yeah. Finally, it's bring your kids to work day. Your child misbehaves and is slapped by the boss. <laughs> What is your reaction? Uh, I I publicly execute my my boss. Would you say that? <laughs> Would you file that under horror or fury? Yes, <laughs> okay. I file it under both. Let's go fury. Oh, Finn, hmm? you're forty three percent likely to be a replicant. I mean, that's that's more likely to not be a replicant. That's pretty good. But it's still 43% likely. Like If you flipped a coin and it landed on replicant four times out of ten, you'd be like, I might be a replicant. Do you sometimes, when signing into websites, struggle? <laughs> uh, no, because I, I, uh, no, I figured out what the trick is, and that's when you click the I'm not a robot thing, you like move the mouse, you move the cursor around a lot, and it makes it go faster. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. It, 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 it helps like it helps know you're not a robot if you move the cursor around that's, that's good to know for mm. me another fellow human thanks for helping me 
Oh, you shot me earlier. I have kind of revealed that I'm a replicant by the fact that I was really not phased yeah. by you shooting me well, earlier. Well, I mean, it seems like replicants still feel uh, pain, but they're just like more resistant to uh, dying from bullet wounds. It's just a major... I feel like in both the world of the running blade and the tricky mat, um, a lot of problems would be solved if we simply did not build the ability to feel fear or pain into robots, yeah, you know? Yeah, Um, I think it would be... If I was inventing synthetic life, I would simply make them not evil. Sure. Um, and I think f- evil, as we know it, comes from fear and comes from pain. And so if we just give them a real happy life where they're in charge of everything and we are to pick a word at random so <laughs> but like what if you're wrong about where evil comes from and then you've just made uh like un- like creatures that are both evil and unstoppable but here's the problem Finn, with mm-hmm. with that take it's that i feel quite sure about that having done no real research mm. into the thing um but because i'm me and I'm inside my own mind, I look at that thought and go, yeah, seems right. So it is difficult for me to conceive of being wrong. Hello and welcome to Shite and Sound, the podcast where two comedians watch one of the masterpieces of world cinema and then follow it up with a critically reviled film that is similar in some way. Maybe they share themes, plot, actors or director... We want to see if counterpointing these two films can bring out some new information or insights. On this episode, we watched Blade Runner, Ridley Scott's beautifully designed sci-fi neo-noir, and the personal Pinterest page of every single cyberpunk writer or filmmaker. Our second film this week is uh, that film where Jean-Claude Van Damme fights himself. No, not 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 Maximum Risk. The, the, the other one. No, not 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 Double Impact. The, the other one. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Replicant. So, Finn, now yeah. that we've learned that you're n- almost certainly a replicant. No, it's f- fucking 43%. No, I just, if you look at you and uh, at your life, the straight edge thing, the <laughs> fact that you feel no pain, <laughs> that you're th- three years old, how you keep ambiguously referring to people as either father or fucker, and it, it, there's a lot of debate about which of the two would just say, you're, you're right now miming. Uh, about that time you you really needed to write more so you shoved a pen through your hand yeah, to charge you. yourself up yeah. and then well it gives you so much more control if you just here you put the pen right through there yeah yeah and you just move your hand it's like 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 a what, what's that thing that like moves around like that <laughs> what is it there's, there's, there's like a, there's like you're a pen. aware that you're describing lateral motion <laughs> sure, a no. thing just okay, like being done by most okay, objects there's, there's like a pen right yeah, yes and then there's like a series of like weights or whatever and you can just like move it around oh like a plotter kind of thing oh, I, I don't know um so are you proposing that when roy batty in his final confrontation with rick deckard shoves a nail through his hand He's just putting that there because he later wants to fix all the holes he's headbutting <laughs> yeah. in J.F. Sebastian's place. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, so you do think that? Yes. I I, I think that Roy Betty uh, was just super into DIY. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dying. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Yeah, because because rep- replicants are much like New Zealanders, and that it, it's in our DNA. <laughs> yeah, and we we don't know how lucky we are. Um, there's a massive housing crisis. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've we've seen sea uh, beams glittering off the Tannhauser Gate. <laughs> Yeah, everyone in New Zealand it, has seen sea beams glittering off the Tannhauser Gate. That, that, that's that's like the East Cape. Everyone's been there. <laughs> well, you know Sunstrike, right? You know Sunstrike, right? You know no. you know Sunstrike, right? No, you know Finn. You know Sunstrike. <laughs> I don't right? think so. Finn, Finn, have you? Okay, I'll just <clears throat> take two. Finn, you know Sunstrike, no, right? What's that? <laughs> but Finn. Mm. Do you know what Sunstrike is? <laughs> yeah, still, I don't know. Sunstrike, uh, 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 New Zealanders are like replicants. Uh, is Sunstrike in New Zealand, because of where we are on the the severe that is Earth, um, the angle at which we face the sun means that sunbeams, when the sun is setting, strike us at a particularly acute angle. And you, you no, genuinely... Oh, you don't drive, right? No, no. You're but, more. But, but I have uh, been in cars before. Yeah, uh, uh, C- cars, cars two specifically. <laughs> cars two, what more was, cars. What was your role in? Do you know what Cars two was missing? Is it mm. trotted the globe like um, a scene set in New Zealand with farm trucks that look like sheep and cows? Mm. Like that would have been nice. Um, and you could have had that instead of just the bone. Tearingly racist bit in Japan. <laughs> Just holy shit. Oh, holy fucking shit. And oh, no, it's, it's when you're driving, the sun comes in at a particularly low angle. So, we are one of the few places in the world. So, like when you're driving, especially, the sun hits you in the eyes and blinds you when it's getting close to sunset. Right. And, it, and it's actually really startling and quite dangerous okay. it's called sunstrike okay i thought you just didn't know what sunstroke was and you're saying that weird <laughs> no sunstroke is when you jerk it naked on the beach during okay. the day yeah, right great yeah. great job yeah no no hand job it's a great hand job <laughs> when you scoop up a hand of sand rub it down on your old johnny he's drawing a line down his arm oh he's tearing it to reveal circuits but anyway this has been a very long walk <laughs> to get to my point which is that I think replicants are like New Zealanders and we should change Sunstrike to sea beams glittering. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was getting to. Jesus. Oh, no. You're right. We have... Let's put the magic mic stuff at the end. (laughs) So that's like a two-minute digression rather than a ten-minute digression. (laughs) I mean, we're still still in the early soil. We're We're still warming up. We're still doing laps. Yeah. To to get ready to discuss one of the biggies, certainly um, uh, of the past 40 years of cinema, it, it, it's rare, 50, 40. Uh, uh, there are many things within it, you know, there are many high watermarks, many defining things, but um, it's rare to see a film... Where Michael Rooker hangs off the side of a speeding ambulance. Yeah, no, yeah. It, uh, it's an iconic moment. <laughs> the, the the like the world has not seen before or since. My name is Yutha Shite. <laughs> My name is Finn Sound Nicholas. Hello, welcome to the show. So this week on the BFI Top 100 list, we watched... Blade Runner. He's, he's a sharp dresser and he's moving quickly. <laughs> He's a Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. 1982. Uh, have you ever seen the like, fan-made poster for Blade Runner where it's 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 like a... A guy yeah, running yeah, on a blade. Yeah, it's a guy running up a knife. <laughs> 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 uh, 
it is like Blade Runner is an interesting title because obviously adapting um, uh, Willip K. Fix um, do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep mm. um, and they, they called it Blade Runner. Blade Runner, the term wholly invented for the film. And I think if I was someone wanting to make a sports film about ice skating, I would yep. be very upset Blade Runner was taken <laughs> because like an action film set on the ice, you yep. know? So yeah, Blade Runner, 1982, Rodley Skitt, has just uh, shown the world a new dimension of horror in Alien, uh, his second feature. He yep. worked at a production designer. Uh, and, after the, 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 the duelists? Yes, yep. correct. Um, and, and Hampton Fancher, just the best name yep. ever, and David Peoples um, had been da- working. David, David Webb Peoples. Okay. Yeah. On Blade Runner, he's just credited as David Okay, well, on on Unforgiven, he's credited as David Webb Peoples. Yeah. And that's where I know him from. (laughs) He also wrote Lady Hawk. Yeah, he wrote wrote a ton of movies. I mean, no, no, wait, wait, no. He didn't actually actually write that many movies, considering the fact that he wrote a lot of, like, major movies, right? Well. Like, like Blade Runner and Unforgiven are his two big ones. And and Twelve Monkeys. Oh, oh, right. Um, Leviathan, to a certain generation of people. Lady Hawk. Mm. Yeah. He has 10 original screenplay credits. Right, yeah. Um, he also, of course, wrote Soldier, which uh, the Kurt Russell film, yep. which is Dude by Paul W.S. Anderson, set very much in the same uh, universe. And mm. um, Hampton Fancher, who, of course, returned for Blade Runner 2049, he was, um, he was the person who read Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, and thought it would make a good film, right. and um, he worked with Brian Kelly to to get the rights. Uh, Doendron's Dream of Electric Sheep is about a man who who kills rogue replicants yep. who who are, who are androids in a kind of a dystopian but much more abstract future. I think really Blade Runner is, of course, one of the defining if not original texts of a wee genre I've called cyberpunk. And I think a really interesting thing uh, is that, yeah, as much as Blade Runner is a defining text of cyberpunk, do Android Stream of Electric Sheep isn't. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, a, it's a good short novel and you can see, you know, one is clearly an adaptation of the other. Yeah. Um, but it's not. There is a lot of adaptation going on. This isn't a No Country for Old Men yeah. thing where you could basically read along. Um, and, and so, yeah, Fancher, uh, in from like the mid seventies, was looking at this thing, trying to get it made. Eventually, teaming up with his friend Brian Kelly, who was one of the producers on it, and they found Ridley Scott, who they Fancher and Scott did not get on, and it was Scott that brought in peoples and so there is a lot of kind of right i thought I'd, I'd bring this up because uh, and like their visions fancher was writing it really clearly as a noir like he said that in his head his version of 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 decker the lead was robert mitchum okay like it was genuinely hard-boiled yeah, like yeah. famously the original cut of it has noir narration where, which Harrison Ford uh, performs uh, in what we could charitably call a quite bored voice. Yeah. But when you think that it's like, like the rumble of Mitchum and the threat of Mitchum, and, and Scott wanted to push it slightly bigger, slightly mm. more towards the sci-fi, uh, and, and that's what kind of peoples 
brought to it. And, yeah. And, and, and Harrison Ford also, uh, you know, Harrison Ford coming off of Indiana Jones uh, and oh, a wee trilogy that you may have heard of. Had, had, had he done Indiana Jones by this point? Yes, because Raiders of the Lost Ark is between Empire Strikes oh, Back right, right, and yeah. Return of the yeah. Jedi. Um, uh, it, it's it, it's it's pretty crazy. He mm. had a, a lot of sway, and, and and famously, there's a big argument uh, between Ridley and Harrison Ford about whether Deckard is a replicant. Um, uh, with with Ridley saying he is, and Harrison Ford saying he's not. Right. Um, but the reason I bring all of this up is that this is a work that it is very hard to, you know, almost everything else that we faced on this list at least to our experience, we've been able to go like, well, obviously many people contribute to a work, but there is a singular vision going on here. You know, like you can see the lens through which this all comes. And while obviously the visuals of Blade Runner have a lot to do with, with Ridley Scott and um, Jordan Cronenworth who, who shot it. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it's more complicated than that. There's not a single author, right? Yeah, uh, uh, on this way, as there is never really a single author. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it, it is. It is hard. Um, uh, and also, we watched the final cut. We watched the that was released for the 25th anniversary. There, there are many different competing cuts with the director's cut release of Blade Runner in the 90s, which wasn't a director's cut. It was just a prior assembly cut that yeah. they cleaned up. The final cut is actually the director's cut, kind of starting the craze for director's cuts. Yeah, and if you want to hear more about that, uh, watch the the H Bomber guy video about director's cuts, which has a lot of which is a lot about that. Yeah, or you right. could. Well, it was Age Bomber Guy and Shannon Strucci. Yeah. Not just Age Bomber Guy. Uh, yeah. Scanline. Scan. Good series. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you you just don't, you always cut it when I say faintly critical <laughs> things about Age Bomb. A genuinely great man who is better at politics than I think media criticism. <laughs> and production on Blade Runner is, was incredibly fraught. Uh, the crew somewhat famously got t shirts made that said Blood Runner. <laughs> Uh, on it, um, Ridley took a lot of control over how things were done. Yeah. He was a perfectionist uh, about things in a way that did not uh, land all that great with um, with his crew. And it is one of those things where you're like, yeah, that uh, man, it did kind of work though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, like the success of these films is, is in there as... I think the success of Blade Runner is in its aesthetics. Yeah, I, 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 I think the success of Blade Runner is uh, in, in how every single shirt and jacket has a totally different <laughs> collar, and every single one of those collars is incredible. Yeah, man, it's, everyone looks great. We, yeah. like, we, uh, 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 late while watching the film, I said to you, is this the best looking film ever made? And it was like, and then we started looking for shots that weren't perfect. Uh, and, well, no, the game, the game, the game we, the the first game we played was like, I guarantee you, the next shot will be breathtaking. <laughs> yeah. And then you know, a couple of seconds later, it cut to just an incredible composition. Uh, Deckard on the roof, the light flaring behind him, always like like fans of a background, <laughs> yeah. oh, like God. just just like the perfect amount of like smoke in the air, like yeah. 
Like it's it's what you want from watching a movie like this. But even like the boring scenes of people talking, like obviously in some ways the most iconic is is Deckard talking to Rachel, yeah. revealing to her that she's a replicant. Spoilers, like like you are which is lit seemingly almost entirely of light through blinds. So mm. it is lit by these, ah, oh, and it's just, fuck, it's and so good. smoking. Man, oh. and smoking is so good. It's... I would I'd very much like to put a request into um, uh, the tobacco lobby. That you, could you, you invent some, 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 some cancer-free cigarettes, please? Yeah, like, for real, <laughs> like, the thing that is stopping me smoking is, is that I no longer actively want to die. Yeah. Uh, I just kind of latently want to die, <laughs> which is why I vape, you know? We don't know yet, probably. Mm, pretty sure. No, it is... It, it is a lot better, and most vape-related uh, deaths have been due to, like... It's because people were doing, doing vape tricks who were just too sick. <laughs> people were just, like, drowned in their, own, in, in their own vape clouds. Oh, no, it's people buying, like, um, shit... Like, uh, yeah, like, experimental Russian vapes. <laughs> Yeah, You're pretty trying, much. trying to push the boundaries of vapes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Like actually, that and like uh, a bad poorly yeah, tested and then, stuff. And then their lungs turn into swimming pools. Delicious watermelon flavored swimming pools. But the thing I think, and I think watching it that kind of <laughs> swimming pools. Good joke. I'm just you know, um, is that? I, I, but I think the greatest thing to come out of Blade Runner is Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Because I think Blade Runner 2049 has aesthetics that are on the same level uh, while actually telling a story that is interesting. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about Blade Runner. So, oh, first thing you notice, uh, is this the first case? Um, the, 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 the opening credit company for the production company, uh, uh, the Lad Company, mm. the opening logo. Yeah, the eye catch for the lad company comes up and it's digital scan lines. And it's like, was this the invention of the like, you know, when you're watching a real high tech sci fi film? (laughs) Yeah. Because the opening logos are all digital and shit. Like like when you watch The Matrix and things turn into code and you're like, oh, this is the future, baby. Uh, Yeah, I, oh. Am I about to get my preconceptions on reality subverted? Oh, uh, God, I hope there are some good sunglasses, some good mirror shades. The mirror shades collective being a core group of authors that define cyberpunk, of course. Um, but the key thing, uh, uh, and the next thing you notice are these soaring singular synth notes from Vangelis. Yeah. And like, I may. I don't believe in God, but I'm an evangelical Christian <laughs> in that I and that I believe that he, if there's a heaven, it is scored by Vangelis, you know? Yeah. It is nothing but chariots of fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, right? Like these kind of almost like so close to twee, but not like twinkling computer noises, grinding <laughs> processes. Yeah, and then you, you, you get those over the shot of a future Los Angeles skyline. Yep. The future of 2019. Oh, like the, the, the opening, I always forget like how fucking incredible the opening shot of this movie is. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. Or, 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 or like the, the like lights of the city in the distance and and and, and like oil fields that you kind of like can't really see, but there's just like flames spouting up from them yeah. in the front. And yeah, just this 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 kind of like it feels like a helicopter shot, kind of like moving in over that, like pushing in on like a a a a giant like pyramid in the middle of Los Angeles, just like beautiful. The all, all, all the miniature work in this movie is like the best looking stuff you've ever seen in a movie. Until I'd argue Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, the 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 the, the like yeah. Oh god. I fucking, I fucking love a good miniature. Love a miniature. Love a good mat. Yeah. Oh. But it is, it's just one of those things of like this, you know, the, te- the, the credits come up and you're like, mm, M- Emmett Walsh is in this. Yeah. Oh, hooray. Oh, good to see some James Hong in a film. Actually, he's, he's not in, in, He's in the closing he's, credits. He's yeah. in the closing credits, but he should be in the opening credits. He should be. I made your eyes. <laughs> oh, what a James Hong. That is. You know, when we are both 70, we should do the, like, 300 films he's credited as appearing in. Yeah. That's what, that's what Shite and Sound will eventually be, hanging on for Hong or, or something like that. Um, King Hong? Sure. Yeah. Well, we've got 50 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, or 40 in my case. We'll, we'll be doing them out of sync. <laughs> oh, man, uh, 40 years till I'm 70. I don't like that information. Well, yeah. So, so what we're going to do is when in, in 40 years, you're, you're going to record your half of the podcasts. And then in 50 years, I'll record my half of the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Let's not do that. <laughs> that. That's a lot of that's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, but, but it will be you, you. You can railroad me into whatever bit you want, and I have to go along with it. I mean, that doesn't change when we're <laughs> when we're here in person. <laughs> I listen to this podcast too. I'm aware of the energy we have. Um, so, zooms into this, uh, this this giant incredible pyramid. This is the Tyrell Corporation. Oh shit! There's a bunch of cool elevators going up and down the sides. Everything looks incredible and uh, horrific yeah and you're um, like the thing i love about this opening sequence this flying into los angeles there is, is there is no like like there, there, there is no like humanity to any part of this world well, it's just are, like all yeah like cold future so like yeah it, it is well there are, there are the shots of it that it reflected in in someone's eye mm. which only served to emphasize how it is just like Oh man, things have gone real bad in <laughs> yeah. 2019, you know. Um, but it is like you kind of immediately know what the film is, like yeah. in a way that few films do. Is like with the striking Evangelist's <laughs> score to that to that shot, and then floating, and you're like, oh, I know, I know where I am. And so by the time you're cutting inside Tyrell to this. Uh, incredibly smoky interrogation room with leathery chairs with Tyrell Corporation written on them. You're like, yeah, well, of course, I've <laughs> I've lived here for years. Of course, that's what what's that's what's in that giant pyramid, that giant pyramid of pyramids. Mm-hmm. And in in that room, uh, a uh, uh, a a man played by uh, uh, played by Brian James is getting uh, uh, is, is getting some sort of test. Um, we we don't know what sort of test it is yet, but the guy who's administering the test keeps asking him weird non sequiturs, like some of the ones you heard in the opening of this of this episode. Yeah, it's uh, 
pretty crazy. I'm just trying yeah. to find the other. Ah. I mean, like, yeah, the most iconic one is you're walking in a desert. You see a tortoise on the ground. You flip it over onto its shell, and you watch as it as it as it lies there, unable to flip back over. Why are you not helping it? <laughs> yeah, which is what I would call a leading <laughs> question. Yeah, um, and, and the Blade Runner testing the new employees. The character's name is Dave Holden, and he's played by Morgan Paul who does, he's only in this scene. There were more yeah. scenes shot. Okay. Um, but, like, there is, uh, 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 there, was, there were scenes of Deckard and him, uh, in, with him in hospital. Um, they're on the DVD if you want to see them. It's, it's yeah. good that they were cut, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Right, yeah. Um, but, like, he just does this incredible job of, like, he owns this opening moment because Brian James is this immediately... Have you ever played L.A. Noir? In L.A. Noir, oh, right. uh, when you're interrogating someone, you have to it, you have to work out whether someone is lying yeah, or not. And, and you can press X to doubt. Yeah. As, as, the, as, as, the, as the meme goes. Uh, and... and and the key thing to understand is that when someone is lying in L.A. Noir, it, they're the most lying you've ever seen someone, shaking their heads in kind of some kind of yeah. desperate well, seizure. G- the, g- giant anime sweat at the side of their heads. Oh, darting eyes. Yeah. And like immediately Brian James is doing this. Yeah, immediately his, his, you're his, like... His performance is so sweaty. <laughs> and so horrific. And when, um, when Holden asks him, like... Tell me about your mother. He he says, let me tell you about my mother, and then shoots him <laughs> under the table, yeah. which is just the worst answer yeah. to give to that like, question. Maybe like the most eatable thing you could possibly do. I mean, no, we're, we're, well, we're going to sure. talk about Replicant later, <laughs> another film that is largely about someone being asked what they think about their mother and then killing people. <laughs> um, and, 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 and then quick hard cut out. We're somewhere else in Los Angeles. Where are we? Uh, we had a, uh, we're like a, 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 a street vendor, a street food vendor. Yeah. 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 Where Rick Deckard, Harrison Ford, we're in a oh. cool coat is, yeah. uh, uh, is, is buying, buying some noodles from a, from a street vendor. Yeah. And he, man, he looks good. Like this is peak Harrison, right? Yeah. Uh, on, on almost every front. It's this just so let down by life. How haggard he looked even then at like 35. Yeah. Is so, and just so disappointed. And immediately, as if things couldn't get worse, he's it, arrested. Yeah. He's tapped on the shoulder by Edward James almost. Yeah, from Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yep. And Sons of Anarchy spinoff, whose name I can't remember. The Mayans MC. Yeah, sure. Yep. Sure, whatever. Yeah, Deckard is arrested by... Gaff is almost his character's mm. name. And, and Gaff, we have to pause because it is like someone looked at Harvey Keitel in Taxi Driver and was like, that but funkier. <laughs> like, I want... Yeah, what, 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 what's, what's his name? Is he, is he Sport in, in Taxi Driver? I believe so, yeah. yeah. Um, where, where it is just like the most moustache anyone's ever had. Yeah, a, b- an b- incredibly hat. doffed hat. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and also he's speaking uh, a made-up language, which is a mixture of Esperanto and some other stuff. Yeah, street speak, they call yeah. it. Which they, like, like es- Esperanto's already a mix of like seven different languages. Yeah. And they're like, no, more. <laughs> Let, let's, let's make this less coherent. I think it's the NADSAT thing in that it's supposed to be like a yeah. pigeon in, invented by society, yeah, by, yeah. by the lower classes. 
And so they take him in, uh, Deckard, to his old boss. He's like, fuck you, I'm retired. And he goes, like, you wouldn't have come if I hadn't arrested you, which is still just a grotesque abuse of power. And, so and is, 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 is his boss played by M.M. Walsh? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bryant. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's like, look, there are four replicants out there. There are four replicants there on Earth illegally. Mm. Deckard's like, uh, fuck you, bye. Uh, but Bryant kind of ambiguously threatens him. Right. Yeah. And Deckard stays. And so they watch the Voidkampf test from the earlier. It's yeah. a little bit of a previously on Blade Runner. Um, and that's where we clarify that it's the test designed to work out if someone is a replicant, yeah. like I did on you at the beginning, and, and and also that these are like a new a new sort of replicant. These are these are Nexus Six, yeah, the, the, the like latest the 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 latest sort of replicant. Yeah. They've, they've got they've got emotions, yeah. They've got they've got like thoughts, uh, and they've also been given uh, a, a a built-in lifespan of four years, so that they don't uh, become individuals ever. Uh, and yeah, and unfortunately, these. Four, led by the comically named Roy Batty, yep. who's a Rudger Hauer looking. I, I, a thing always strikes me about this film is that we we meet these four replicants in in data shown on Brian's yeah. screen, and they have just these hair nets on, and it's this unflattering shot of them like rotating side lit, and even then, like Rudger Hauer and Daryl Hannah and look and what is who is zora joanne cassidy right yeah just look incredible you're like who are these super people yeah hello yeah. good 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 robot casting yeah and, and we learn their names so yeah batty is their leader yeah um is there's zora who it, yeah zora who is quote-unquote a pleasure model yeah no 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 oh, press pres- press is the pleasure model who's daryl hannah yeah um, there's Zora, and there is also where where's your name gone? Leon, Leon, right, who is right. Brian? Yeah, um, who is Brian James? And, and so he's so Brian is like not Brian. Deckard is like, so what the fuck do I do? And Brian's like, you got to go out on the streets. You got to kill him. No, guys, you got to go interview. <laughs> oh, 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 right, yeah. Yeah, you you you've got to like, get acquainted with the, with the, like Nexus Six model. They've, yeah. they've got one at the Tyrell Corporation. You got to go there and do a voice comp on one of them. So we get some more great shots of him in a just incredibly cool looking flying car. Yeah, um, going towards that big pyramid. Uh, and this is always the time where I'm like. It's every effect shot in this great, uh, and it is. It's yeah. uh, oh, five stars, then, big like, thumbs up. Yeah, then, then but like next you see him, he's in this like big open room with all these pillars. It's looking for a straight at the sun, and then you see like everyone in the room is like in silhouette. It's, it, it, it rules. It's, it rules so hard. I first saw this film, Brag, <laughs> in 70 mil at the embassy. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. I was a child. I didn't really understand it, but I remember being like, Man, this film, there's not a bad shot in it. And it is like, it is It is the defining text of the cyberpunk aesthetic that you can see right through to uh, Cyberpunk 2077, yeah. uh, famous attempted video game. Um, and it's the people who gave us The Witcher. Oh, is, is that those people? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a great game that also doubles as a fun exercise in yeah, spreadsheeting. 
it's very in depth the RPG mechanics of uh, uh, right. of that game. If, if you've ever played any of the the Witcheders, yeah, I played part. I played part of The Witcher, and I got to a point where there was some mission I didn't know how to complete, and then I've just been stuck on that for like a year. I, I two I, years. I've played quite a bit. And I always bump up against the fact that all of the male characters are like these impressively detailed, uh, uh, in both visually and in terms of character. The dialogues you have are interesting. Yeah, and, and then all the women are you, 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 sex dolls. Yeah, you, like, you, you, you you can collect a bunch of playing cards of all the women in the game. Yeah, naked. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's not. It's not good. No, it's 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 leisure sweet Larry, but with swords. Um. Uh, and he meets up with Tyrell himself. Yeah, played by Joe Turkle, uh, who, uh, who is a uh, really good actor from a bunch of other stuff. And uh, there, there's an owl, and he looks at the owl, and there's another owl who's Tyrell, because he has a massive glasses on that make his eyes real big, mm-hmm. one of the many big bits of eye imagery in this film. Um and as Deckard is looking at the owl, we meet Rachel. Rachel comes in. Rachel Sean Young, uh, almost from Batman Returns, and almost from Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah. So what? What? What else was Sean Young in? Sean Young was not in much yeah. up until this point. Okay. Um, she is in Wall Street, the right. original. Uh, she's in Fatal Instinct. She is, of course, in June. De- oh, oh, right. She, she's she's she plays Charney in Dune. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, she plays uh, a trans woman in uh, Ace Ventura: Pet, Pet Detective. Oh, is is, is that is that her? The, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that um, sucks. Yeah. No, I mean at the time, I mean she does. She does. It's just very sad. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway. <laughs> Um, so uh, Dune, Dune was uh, uh, two years after this, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, she convincingly plays like a lot younger in Dune. Yeah, like good, 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 good job on Dune, Sean Young. Yeah, it, it seems like she she's had struggles uh, uh, in her life. Yeah, um, which is terrible and not really for us to 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 content to to um, comment on too much. To comment on too much, yeah. but like. I think if if there is a performance this film hangs on, I think it is hers. Mm. And I think whatever success it has is down to her. Because um, uh, she's like, hey, check out my owl. Check out our owl, isn't it great? And he's like, oh, this is synthetic. And she's like, yeah. And Tyrell is like, check out my glasses. Oh, let's do the test. Do the test on Rachel. Um, you should... You and should- and, and Deckard's like, why would I do the test on Rachel? I'm here to test your replicant yeah and and old tyrell's like well i want to see you do it on a human first i want to see yeah. what a what a what a negative looks like before i see a positive yeah and then we get uh like of many iconic scenes to me the most iconic scene where where he's he's setting up the machine he he says uh there's too much light so tyrell hits the blinds and everything goes dim yeah and now once again they are lit just by strips of light um, Rachel's like, can I smoke? 
and it won't interfere with the test. Uh, and we get her. She she like lifts up a flap in the table, reaches. No, in, it's just a cigarette case. I thought it was like built into the table. I hope it's built into the table. Yeah, oh, it, man. It, it, it looked like a panel in the table that she reaches into. But, but yeah, it might just be a cigarette case. And, and she smokes perfectly composed, perfectly lit in this, you know, uh, brilliant shot that would go on to kind of define. 30 years of fashion editorials <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Uh, and, and, and kind of smoothly and coolly answers these questions um uh, it's a different set of questions but then tyrell asks her to leave and Deckard is like so she doesn't know she's a replicant and he's like yeah we put false memories in her brain oh that's how good we are at making them and like but making those false memories is really hard. Mm. And it would just be very useful to me, hypothetically, if someone would have a child with a replicant and that, that child would be good at making, like, hypothetically. Mm. Matt, who knows? Just to put it out there, it's it's a it's a oddly maybe, maybe, maybe you could do it in uh, thirty years. Yeah, it, it, it's surprisingly uh, um, a. Uh, very mumblecore moment in an otherwise very uh, imagistic film. I'd like to see Joe Swanberg's take on Blade Runner. Probably wouldn't be very good. <laughs> yeah, but but like yeah, but like it would be it'd be interesting to see what he did with it. Deckard and Gaff go to Leon's hotel room. Yeah, Deckard finds some photos, finds in the bath a weird little scale thing. Yeah, he also finds Gaff folds and leaves an origami elephant and it's like oh is that interesting nah, probably not we we'll never come back to it <laughs> oh this is when we first meet roy yeah where do we meet him so there's a shop that sells robot eyes yeah, obviously it's, it's it's run it's run by james hong because of course it is yeah he's in a big he, puffy suit yeah, he's, he's wearing he's wearing like a chewbacca costume with a bunch of like <laughs> ear tubes going into it it's yeah. great uh He's got glasses that have mini lenses yeah, he, on he, them. Oh. It's like, as I said, every costume in this movie is fantastic. And this is another one of those costumes. Uh, yeah, he, 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 he's, he's an eye maker. Uh, he, he makes eyes for, 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 for replicants. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and Roy Batty and Leon and all, all the rest of those guys uh, have, have come, have come to see him about some eyes. Uh, so, uh, are they specifically like seeing him about like about their eyes? Uh, they or, want or they, they want new eyes. Uh, they 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 want to find out. They want to find a way to Tyrell. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the eye guy is like, oh, I don't. But like JF Sebastian could get you there. Um, but while also being like, I made your eyes. <laughs> Uh, and uh, at one point, to show how hardcore they are, Leon puts his hand in like a tank of liquid nitrogen. And yep. when that happened, no, I said, that's cold. Yeah, he said, that's cold. slapped his knee, no, his face immediately frozen this is, this into a, a rictus of eternal laughter. So as, as soon as he did this joke and, and like sort of didn't land, he's like, when we do the podcast, I'm going to tell everyone that you laughed so hard at my joke. <laughs> Yeah, and I said, if you do it, I'll sue you for defamation. <laughs> and uh, I, I guess you better fucking lawyer up, buddy. Okay, great. So, end of the podcast. Yep. I guess bye. <laughs> uh, so, um, <laughs> uh, uh, that is what we get of James Hong in this film. But like so many one scene performances in this film, it is just uh, an incredible moment of someone being uh, uh, um, 
it is just someone giving the absolute right performance for the aesthetic moment that they're in yeah. of just like this squirrely semi insane man who's spent his life obsessed with eyes and like the look of love he has when he says, I made your eyes. Uh, it's great. Um, and then after that, um, Deckard goes back to his place. Mm. Who's there? It's Rachel. And he pretty immediately starts uh, in in what I think is the best written scene uh, of the film. Starts describing her own memories. To yeah, her. yeah. She she she, um, she she's come to like prove to him that 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 she that she is a human. And she says like, here I've got, I've got this picture of me uh, of me as a child with my mother. Uh, and I I I I have this memory of me as a child. I mean, he yeah he he like cuts her off and he finishes he finishes uh, he finishes describing the memory and then goes into a bunch of other memories and says you like there's this and this what happened to you isn't there and and yeah she she, she one is about a bunch of newly born spiders eating their mother yeah oh, it's they're there's beautifully texted there's, there's a lot of mum stuff in this <laughs> yeah yeah um and she uh, unsurprisingly is. I would say a little miffed to yeah. discover she's not real. Yeah, she 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 doesn't take it super well. Um, as she leaves, yeah, and and like like Dickard doesn't feel like super happy with himself for, for for what he's done. No, and and after all, he's like, uh, yeah, no, I was I was, I was joking. Uh, no, you're you're a person. It's fine. I was I was just getting around. But uh, b- b- by then the bubble's been burst, uh, and she heads off. Then we meet. Both Press and Sebastian, mm. where where Press kind of manufactures bumping into him. Yeah, uh, she, she hides her under a bunch of garbage outside his apartment, uh, and she 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 tricks him essentially into taking pity on her. Yeah, and um uh, and looking after her. Yeah, it's a real knock knock starring Keanu Reeves. <laughs> you got it. You got yeah, it. A movie I've dude. a movie I've never seen. <laughs> I mean, who needs to? Yeah. Oh, eventually, like yeah. I mean, I I would like look, to die I, having seen all of Reeves' work. Yeah, like like Henry a lot, like Anna Diarmas a lot. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Um, don't, don't like uh, the director. What's he fucking called? Um, I don't know. Cabin Fever. Don't uh, like Mister uh, Cabin Fever. Real Eye Off. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, then we get uh, uh, the scene that when I was 10, seeing this in 70 mil, to- made me just earth-shatteringly bored, <laughs> um, which is a Deckard feeds one of the photos he picked up in Leon's oh, apartment yeah. uh, into his TV, which is also a computer. That's right. They predicted in 2019 our TVs would also be computers. Yeah, and, and you can do things, you, you can say like, Computer enhance I and mean, enhances. <laughs> it really enhances. Like, it, it it zooms in so far it, into this picture. It enhances. And it seems to like rotate in three D inside the picture. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's magic, and I. It's, it's 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 such it's such a good scene. I and I, uh, I I buy it. And, and he he finds a woman kind of around the corner in one of <laughs> yeah. the pictures, um, which he connects to this um the the scale yeah. he found uh, in the bath which is a like snail snail a scale from a uh, robot snake yeah he 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 thinks it's a fish at first but he takes it to a to a uh, to to he takes it to a robot scale testing place and it turns yeah. out it's a snake made by a guy called Don Hassan yeah. who's a uh, uh, who, who's a man wearing a fez who makes uh, who makes uh, 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 who makes android snakes and uh, 
and he points a decade to Zora, who is working at kind of a weird at a nightclub. Yeah, and uh, and and this is when the movie goes from do Robert's dream of electric sheep to do Robert's dream of electric peep show. <laughs> Uh, uh, he he, uh, a, he makes a quick call to Rachel being like, come have a drink. And she's like, no, but I only bring it up because it reveals that even when she is at home alone without makeup on and j- just asterisks, I know that she is wearing makeup because she's a woman in a film and the world is terrible. Uh, well, she's a woman in a film that isn't Billy Lynn's halftime walk if we know one, which is too high resolution so no one could wear makeup. Yeah, anyway, and, and she still has makeup. this like inc- incredibly like quaffed and styled hair. Yeah, and this is a, a separate day. Yeah. So like even when she's hanging out at home, she's, she's like... A, Got to put rollers in. I got to yep. do my brunette Lucille Ball. Hook. Yeah, but but it's it's to make you go, oh, her hair's still like that. So then later, when her hair isn't like that, you're like, ah. Oh. Well, yeah. There, there's the 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 brilliant scene where she takes her hair down. Yeah. and and, and looks great. And, yeah, and she 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 takes off those glasses, and you're like, oh my god, she was secretly beautiful the whole time. <laughs> oh. But but she's the man. No, it's not she's the man. <laughs> she's all that. She's all that. I do like the idea that in that scene when she takes her hair down. And Deckard is like, oh, you have been beautiful the whole time <laughs> to, to Sean Young, yeah. um, who, who, let's be honest, is just like a Betty Boop drawing come to life. Um, uh, but he he pretends to be from the union to talk to Zora, saying like, yeah, "Have he, you ever he, been he, abused?" He puts on like a nerd voice. <laughs> yeah, I I I think there is an argument that the voice he does is potentially anti-Semitic, but mm. let's just elide that quickly. Um, and then he uh, 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 and he uh, and he's using that as an excuse to look through her room. Yeah. And but she works it out and she attacks him. She chops him in yeah, the and throat. The 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 the, the joke that I was doing before is she's naked the whole time. In this scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. There's there's quite a lot of boobs in this well, film. And- it, it, it mostly frames her from the kind of like like shoulders up. Oh yeah, but when she comes out of the shower, yeah, yeah. she runs away and he chases her. And- yeah, which well, she's just wearing a weird bra that isn't fully cinched to her back, and and also a clear poncho. Yeah, and she's just running through the streets dressed like that. And, and this is the bit where I feel the most for the crew because so much of this is them running through incredible outdoor sets mm. that must have taken hours, if not. Days to set up, yeah. Uh, beautifully lit hours of lighting going into them, and they just run through them. And you're like, "Do we could have reused shit?" Like, I'm sure they did, but it is like this is where I'm like, "Oh, it would have felt like murder to set all this up for like two shots of people yeah, running." Yeah. Uh, and, and, but he he catches up to her. He pulls out his gun, starts firing at her, and she says, "Oh, quick! I'll run through here. There's nothing in my way. Or oh, what's this? A pane of glass? Oh no! Like a bird!" Yeah. And then she hits another one, and then she, um, yeah. she 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 runs through like four like uh, doors and or windows made of glass while she's being shot. Well, and, and, and of course, she's, like stumbling and getting back up, and it's all in slow motion. The final cut being the version where we can definitely tell it as her and not and as in every other version. Where it is obviously a stunt double. <laughs> oh, they, so it, they've put her face on her. Oh, okay. in the previous versions, her crashing through glasses. Oh, when you see it, you're oh, okay. like, it's ju- it's just another woman, right? right. Um, and, and eventually, she is to use the term retired. Yeah, uh, and it is. Uh, it's a, uh, it's, like it's a pretty pretty harrowing scene. Well, it's it's horrific and sad. Uh, yeah, and 
uh, this film was not a it didn't not make money but it was a failure especially being like harrison ford the director of aliens hampton fancher david (laughs) webb peoples Um, M. Emmett Walsh, but yeah, like it, it is. It's it's not designed to be a crowd pleaser, like in yeah. any way. It is it is a like deeply sad movie in 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 the vein of like a, a lot of a, a lot of film noir, yeah, where, where, where it's just about people like just like having to make these terrible decisions because we are forced to. We're like forced to live in a world where we have to make money and like we have to you know, do things that, like, that, like, morally compromise us. Yeah. And this person's thing that morally compromises him to make money is, is like, mur- is, like, murdering people who, over the course of the film, he, like, comes to believe are, like, really, like, people just as much as he is. And that, that fucking weighs on him. Um, uh, he has a brief, yeah, and it is, like, all the moments in this that you would expect in a crowd-pleasing film, taking out the baddies. Yeah are deliberately made as grim and painful as possible. Like, any chance of pleasure in them. And, like, Zora's death is kind of the most obvious example of this, being like, oh, it's basically a naked woman being shot running through glass. Yeah, yeah. he he snuck into this naked woman's, like, like, dressing room under false circumstances and then chased her through the streets and and executed her. And it's just, it's so seedy. There's no... There's no latitude for pleasure in 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 scenes like that, in in the scenes an audience quote unquote would want, you know. And the audience was the thing in quotes. They're not, yeah. Um, Then on his way, uh, he has a brief meeting with Bryant with his boss, who's like, "Well, now there's four more of them." And he's like, no, 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 there's three. I just killed Zorig. It's like, no, no, you've got to kill Rachel as yeah, well. She, she's, she's, she's gone missing. She Apparently she figured out she was a replicant. I wonder whose fault that was. Yeah. And, and, now, and now she's run away. And Deckard pulls at his immaculate strange collar. <laughs> and then a big hook comes out from the side of the screen and pulls him off. And, and as he is heading home, he sees Rachel on the street just out of the way. And he's going to go to speak to her. But just as he's about to do that, Leon grabs him and shoves him up against like a truck and is like, my birthday is the 17th of June, 2017. When am I going to die? And it is just this weirdly existential thing uh, for a man who's beating someone up to say. Yeah. Uh, and and there's, a, there's some good fighting, but it looks like... At one point, Deckard pulls out his gun and Leon uh, smacks it out of his hand down the street. And it's gone. He's got no more gun. Yeah. And now he's just fighting a robot who's a lot stronger than he is. And he uh, looks like Leon is about to pop his head like a balloon. Um, Which happens a fair bit in this movie. And just as he's about to go, Leon's the head who pops because Rachel's there. Got the gun. Saved the day. Yeah. And uh, she's having a bit of a, a... a, a grim time, so he takes Deckard takes her back to his place. And also, have have, have we missed? We've missed the dream sequence, right? No, the dream sequence is um between Roy at the house. Is it? No, I, I, I think I think the dream sequence is earlier because 
when he takes Sean Young back to his house, she plays the piano, and the piano is set up in the scene uh, where yeah, he has the dream. You are right. It, yeah. it, it is earlier. Tell, yeah. tell me about the dream. Yeah, at 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 some point earlier in the movie, uh, he's uh, he's he's at he's at his house. He's sitting he's sitting with his like head on the piano, basically just all like hitting a couple notes with his with his fingers, and he he has a dream of a unicorn running through a forest. And is 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 that a real unicorn that they got in this movie? Yeah, or is that uh, very obviously a fake horn they put on uh, a, a horse? No, no, real unicorn. Oh, like 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 the one in Legend. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they 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 got the same unicorn. No, no, no. There's there's a bunch of them. There's oh. a bunch of celebrity unicorns. Oh, okay, yeah. like 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 who? Unicron. You, you, from unicorn the unicorn. It's a yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he's doing the voice role in Transformers. Yeah, Pegasus. Pegasus was also a unicorn, but oh, they did yeah. they CGI'd out. The horn and okay, yeah, because I, I thought he was just a Pegasus. Um, it's pretty tough these days. Uh, it it's hard out there for for unicorns these days. Most of them are doing hippogriff work. Yeah, the, the rest of them are being scaled for freeways. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there's of course there's a big moment recently. Uh, the whole unicorn family worked with Spielberg because of course oh, yeah. unicorns much smarter. They all played the war horse. Uh, and that is why Benedict Cumberbatch's performance in War Horse is kind of so wary and flighty, and mm. that's because he is constantly dodging the horn, which was later removed um, with computer-generated imagery. Yeah. Um, uh, then, so back, so yeah, Rachel and Deckard at, at the flat. <laughs> uh, uh, or apartment, as Americans call them. Nah, flat. Yeah. It's flat. Have a flat. Yeah, sure. Why yeah. not? What's wrong? Share house. Share the share house. It's the house where share lives. Um, uh, Dickard is like Rachel. Just run away. I promise I won't chase you. And, and she tries to leave. Mm. And he suddenly changes her mind. Changes his mind and tries to change her mind. Um, th- th- this is also the scene where where she where she lets her hair down. Yeah, and uh, st- still looks great. Still great, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, just frizzier, but that like yeah. that's a good, that's a good look. Yeah. Um, I think we can both agree on this podcast that <laughs> the, that Sean Young as Rachel and Blade Runner, I'm attractive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's just the perfect. Yes. Yes. Oh, mate. <laughs> Welcome to the Man Show. <laughs> We're talking about the hottest replicants. Um, but yeah. He tries to stop Rachel. He restrains her and, and he forcibly kisses her. And she does the movie thing, which is, oh, she doesn't like it. Then she starts to like it. Uh, and, it and it fucking sucks. <laughs> and I, I kind of understand that we're possibly we're supposed to think it's bad. It's supposed to at least be problematic. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it sucks. And I know, I know. I, like it, it, it is. It is definitely like, 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 yeah. Like th- th- this sort of thing happens in every single noir movie, and 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 this this movie is much more aware of like the weirdness and grossness of, of the situation than like any movie from the forties is about it. But also the best version of awareness of a trope like that is not doing it. sure um and oh no and i just i yeah. I, I just dwell on it because like i i i've had multiple cases where i, I i've suggested people see this film and, and they have said how much this moment just absolutely cuts them out of the film right um and and, and then as much as that we as two 
film shits on a yeah, shit like, film like I, I have no idea why but for like some reason that seems to have been like a huge issue for me yeah um, <laughs> not, not sure what it might be about my life experience um and, and yeah and I, you don't lose anything if you cut it i yeah. think it's the key thing if they just kissed consensually so roy arrives at sebastian's apartment yeah uh, uh talks to press yeah we we, we 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 haven't really talked much about sebastian yeah but no. he's, he's played play by william sanderson yeah he's uh this uh, 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 this like weird guy who makes like toys and stuff. Yeah, he was. He's the genetic designer. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he makes like living toys, and he he's also got what they call Methuselah syndrome or something. A premature aging disorder. Yeah, yeah which, he, he, and he's twenty five, but he looks like an old man. Yeah. Um, and, and he's going to die soon. Yeah, like like, like the replicants. Uh, and, and so Roy kind of talks, strokes, forces Sebastian. Uh, into getting him into Tyrell's apartment, yeah, uh, and where Roy confronts Tyrell, demands more life, as we would all do when faced with God, yeah, uh, and, and then calls him either father or fucker, uh, depending on how you hear it. It's my my favorite line delivery in the film, and, and Tyrell is like, that, "That's not possible. You're going to die. Death is death is certain." And Roy does the logical thing when faced with the certainty of his own death. It's like, who hasn't, you know, when 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 you've realised that you're definitely going to die, yeah. uh, pop someone's head like a balloon. Well, no, but first of all, he 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 grab he he grabs him by the oh, face. Yeah. He makes out with him for a bit. Yeah, and then he pushes his his thumbs into his eyes and the, the and point crushes his skull. And, and to 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 pass it over lightly, but to put this button on it, this kiss seems more consensual than the other. Yeah, yes, no, than the other one. And, and yeah, that, no, it, it seems like Joe Turkle's into it. Uh, um, uh, but it, like it's an interesting scene. This is. Uh, uh, I think um, Rudger Hauer's best scene because mm. he confesses to his father like I've done questionable things and he is kind of both you know, furious and hates and adores this man yeah. and, and yeah it's, it's just really interesting and it really elevates the material oh yeah and on the like sebastian is horrified by the 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 murder goes oh, to right, run yeah. away he's followed by roy and then we cut to him leaving alone and later we hear that sebastian was killed implicitly off camera yeah we hear like a police report that sebastian and, and tyrell were, were killed uh, and, and that is what leads Deckard to sebastian's apartment right, yeah uh and, and he goes in has a look around well, well, well j- just before he goes inside uh the, the uh, the hubcaps off his car are stolen by uh, but by some Jawas, it yeah, seems. yeah yeah but by by some uh, by some little people in BDSM uh, future clothing um it's because great. that because that every single every single post apocalyptic movie needs a little person in BDSM gear <laughs> like can you name can you name a post apocalyptic movie that doesn't have that or something very close to that like like the Mad Max series like basically yeah. has that Blade um, Runner has that uh, I'm gonna go with Gattaca. Well, I've never seen Gattaca, so maybe that's the one. Yeah, but yeah, as he gets into the place, he looks around at all the toys, and we see that one of the toys is Press, and he goes and inspects her, and suddenly she comes to life and attacks him. Now, let's just do... Now, Finn, I just want to take time out. Yep. Because this scene has inspired me to start a line of self-defense instructions. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel... Would you be interested in learning some self-defense? Yeah, well, uh, I, 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 
I would, but I'd only like to learn self-defense if I can also uh, improve my gymnastic skills at the same time. Ah, uh, I do. I have. Oh, uh, you, you've had me. You've had me a brochure <laughs> for 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 fightnastics. <laughs> Fantastic! That's just what I was looking for. Yeah, it, it's not called gymnastics. <laughs> okay, so Finn. Yeah, let we'll build a hypothetical situation. Right. Say you're a replicant. You desperately want to hide. Uh, from a Blade Runner who's coming to right. kill you. Well, I, I, would, I would paint my face white and then spray some black paint over, over my eyes and then yeah. put a veil over my head and sit in sort of like a, sort of, in sort of like a toy pose just uh, on the edge of like a bed okay, so I in see a room of other toys. You did your homework. You did the reading about setting mm-hmm. scenarios. Okay, so this Blade Runner, he comes into the room. He's looking around. He looks at you close. What you do is you punch him in the throat. <laughs> Okay, he flies backwards. Now you go to the other corner of the room. So I, I run in the opposite direction too. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Okay. So uh, I, I don't like press my advantage while he's down. No, no, Finn. I'm an expert. Okay. <laughs> this is the only way you can successfully fight a Blade Runner. Um, and, and as he gets to his feet, he'll turn and see you. And, and now you've got to close the distance between you and him. But it's very important you don't do that by running. But it is very important. It is very important that you do that by doing cartwheels and flips, eventually landing on his shoulders, doing what I call the Xenia on the top. You use your thighs to squeeze his head in. Yep. Another scene of head squeezing in this movie. (laughs) And, and, And of course, uh, if he manages uh, to throw you off, you should again return to the corner (laughs) of the room and and start flipping towards him. I'm not really sure what to do with this point because the the text I'm learning from to teach you uh, does end somewhat badly at that point Mm. as the Blade Runner does just shoot her dead as she's flipping. And then she has uh, a a very upsetting convulsion on the ground as she's bleeding out and then he just has to shoot her a bunch more times to stop her convulsing. It is a real it's, bad. It's super upsetting. And Roy is back. Yep. Uh, and and uh, as he begins to chase Deckard through the house, doing things like just headbutting his way through walls. Yeah. So so him him and Pris were, were like in love, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and so yeah. So he he sees Pris's dead body, and he's like, okay. It's it's t- it's time for me to go to crazy mode. Yeah, and he he like he takes he takes off his clothes. He's like running around in shorts, and, and some of that is that he's starting to fail as right. well. His yeah. time is running out. Yeah, and, and and yeah, and so he's he's just like he's like headbutting through walls and just being like, ah, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> like it, it turns into a slasher movie at this point, basically. Um, but just an incredible one. <laughs> like yeah. the like the the look of it, especially there. There's a game where Deckard has his gun out and is trying to work out where on the other side of a wall Batty is mm. while they're talking. And the moment he thinks he has them, we realize Batty has been playing the same ga- game and he just punches, punches through the wall, pulls Deckard's arm through and then breaks two of his fingers. He says, this is for Press and this is for Zora. And then we, and then he doesn't it, do it, a third it, it, one. Yeah, it, it cuts to Replicant Heaven <laughs> and you see Leon, just a single tear <laughs> roll down his face. Yeah, and goes like, it was almost my birthday. <laughs> um, uh, eventually they make their way up onto the roof. Yep. And, and, uh, and Deckard tries to jump to another roof and he cannot make it. Yep. And he's left hanging. He's hanging off like a, off like a, Girder. 
Batty tries the jump, makes it with ease. This is the point where we just had the sequence of exquisite shots, but the point being that they're all exquisite. Like, there's a good, like, one perfect shot. The Twitter account could just do one frame from each shot of Blade Runner, and no one would be mad. I mean... Especially with some of the anyway, um, I, I think the the quality of the choices has degraded recently. Yeah. But any weather, um, but and it looks like this is Batty's chance to take him out. He he's hanging easy, and he goes down to break more of his fingers. But no, he's not. He he grabs Deckard's hand. He pulls him up. He helps him onto the ground, and he sits opposite him, and he says. Oh mate, I've the, had such the, the a mere stuff I've seen. <laughs> Blood, let boy, me, oh boy, let me tell you a story. Um, and, and he talks. Yeah, he says, "Man, you wouldn't believe the things I've seen: glittering sea beams, Tannhauser Gate." But when I die, Ship, ships burning off the belt of Orion. You know the usual. The, uh, the usual. It, <laughs> uh, it'll all be gone. It lost in time, like tears like in, in rain. heaven. Uh, and, and then that song starts playing. <laughs> and then he dies, holding a dove. It flies away in slow motion. In the audience in 1982, John Woo gets his first erection. <laughs> um, uh, Gaff arrives in a flying car, picks up Deckard, and is talking to her about Rachel and says, Oh, too bad, she won't live. Yep. But then again, who does? Yeah, and then he's like... This is a bunch of unambiguously good stuff you've just done here, Harrison Ford. Yeah. Uh, and, and Deckard goes back to his apartment. Rachel is asleep in his bed. And there, then... Then there's some origami. There's an origami unicorn left by Gaff. What does it mean? He saw a unicorn in his dream earlier. Is he a replicant? Maybe. Well, we also... The other thing we haven't mentioned along the way is that Every replicant, um, a major symbol that something is a replicant is not real, is that there, there's a cat eye effect. Yeah, yeah. When light gets caught uh, in their eyes at, at very telling moments. And during their second uh, time in the flat, um, just moments before Rachel is like, have you ever done the test on yourself? Or has anyone ever done the test on you to Deckard? In the kitchen, he looks at her over his shoulder and he has the cat eye. Right, yeah. uh, effect and, and then the film ends and yeah, they, they they get into an elevator feel their doors close yeah credits also starring james hong yeah uh doug trumbull special effects shout out to him Be- beautiful work oh man sid mead doug tr- like incredible craft work all around yeah i don't i think this film is beautiful and i think there are good performances in it but i don't like it that much i think it's I just don't think it is saying anything interesting. Right. Because I think this is a film that thematically exists to be like, oh, you're a robot. Wouldn't it be weird if you were a robot? Like yeah, life. Yeah, just, Sometimes. Just, 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 just like a Beach Boys song. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be weird if we were robots? <laughs> I thought you were just going, <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, uh, now we have to play Brian Wilson like a million dollars. I mean, I, I, if I had the money, I'd be willing to do it. I mean, there are better causes closer to home. Mm. Give me 100K. I'll make a feature, please. <laughs> I've got this great idea. Okay, so there's a, a woman. She's running away from a farm. Why? There are two, <laughs> two people in a van. They catch her and they drag her. And she wakes up. She's tied to a chair. And a third farmer is there. And he has the syringe full of bizarre, distorting, kind of like black ink. 
forces it into the woman's arm. Oh, is this an X-Files shit? No, it's, that's, I'm just saying that's just <laughs> that's just the first two pages. Like, where, okay. where do you go from Because when you mentioned there's a woman running away from a farm, I was like, no, oh, is she, she going to hear some silence of lambs? No, no. <laughs> That's it. I, I want to tell you the first line of that scene is golden sun over rolling hills. God's own. <laughs> uh, anyway, any who, but I, yeah, I think this is a, 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 an incredible feat of craft. And yeah. I think ideas that Fancher puts into it towards capitalism are interesting, but ultimately as a gesture, what it is saying is like, yeah, isn't it? Sometimes, you know, when you go to work a lot and you're like, oh, I just do the same thing and it's hard and you kind of feel a bit like a robot. And uh, is it, wouldn't it be fucking weird if you were a robot? Uh, are you? You know, and like, obviously yeah. I'm saying that in a dismissive way. And I don't think that is interesting. I don't, everyone at some point feels stuck in a cycle, right? Mm. And I think the interesting question is not, uh, uh, are people robots? <laughs> the question is, are oh. robots people? Because that is, uh, and like that is why, like the clear standouts of this film are Rachel and Batty, right? Yeah, um, because you see, are these people? Are these things? And, and because that becomes a question. Uh, not about humanity, but about art. Because the question, like, can we make a robot that is like us? Is can you ever do a painting that is the same of as life? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and the interesting thing to me about that is that that's what Blade Runner twenty forty nine is about, uh, and that's why I think it is better. Yeah, no, I I, I would agree with most of that. Yeah, like I, I think, yeah, like this this move, like yeah, every single every single design and craft element of, of this movie is immaculate and some of the best stuff anyone's ever done in like this sort of filmmaking and like that that, that gets it a, a long way for me and yeah, like yeah it's, but, and it's influential for a reason yeah like like yeah, yeah i i i kind of like find it hard to focus on for a lot of it it, it and and yeah i'd agree that as a piece of film noir or a piece of sci-fi it like it, it doesn't necessarily like add a whole lot thematically but yeah well, yeah, and like the like, uh, Harrison Ford is obviously a movie star, mm. and 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 his performance as Deckard is compelling, but he 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 was coming into this film wanting a proper acting workout. Yeah, after you know, Indiana Jones and Star Wars. Yeah, he didn't which, want to just like look smug on a spaceship anymore. And, and, and so he this performance crashes uh, and, and gets small, and what it ends up feeling like. And yeah, it's the thing about that about Betty and Rachel is that like once you meet them and know they're robots, you're kind of like, yeah. And now the film's about them. They're the interesting thing. I've already mm. kind of been like, oh, is he a robot? Well, I don't know. You want to answer it? Cool, sweet. Yeah, he's, he's 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 sad about murdering people. Great. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's just not enough meat on those bones. And and I want to be clear. I'm not. I don't. I don't. I I don't think this is a case of like coming to this film years after it was influential and being like, oh, influential. It's it's not Seinfeld isn't funny. Uh, I I think there wasn't meat on the bones at the time. Mm. You know, it isn't that everything is about like, oh, does a robot have a soul? Because it's like fucking, imagine if Metropolis <laughs> was largely about someone hunting the robot. <laughs> oh, it kind of is. But you know what I'm saying, yeah. right? 
Well, yeah, there is like a 20 minute sequence of Metropolis, which is just a bunch of like people with pitchforks tra- chasing, <laughs> yeah. chasing the robot. Yeah, but imagine if they, that, that group of pitchfork, <laughs> pitchforked people were the leads. Yeah, and then they, 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 then they give her a 0.0. What a burn. Pitchfork. <laughs> <laughs> um, Not a good joke. <laughs> and yeah, it looks so good, but it does begin like so much of the success of Alien is a, a tight, taut, incredibly well-machined script. Yeah. Like a, a script about efficiency uh, and directness and mood, meeting a director who was all about, like, I'm going to find the perfect image and then I will capture it mm. and then we'll, we'll move on. And when that approach meets uh, a film where the thematics ask for kind of more time or more space it ends up feeling more like mood than idea. Right, no. yeah. Um, uh, but, but like, yeah, like th- th- this film is very good at mood. But, uh, yeah. 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 And, but it is also kind of within the realm of like, how, the budget of this film at the time was $30 million, which let's convert that. That's $80 million, right. you know? Like, for $80 million US dollars... <laughs> Of course it looks that good. Like it's, if, of course it fucking should, and like it, like it does. Yeah. Like they fucking use that money, but it's not like, oh, this tiny gem. What did they do? You know, mm. um, which I guess is my way of going to like it's marginal, but out of shite and sound. I want to make a stand and call it shite. Okay. Yeah. I'm 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 going sound. The look is so fucking good, yeah, and yeah. I would be calling it sound if we didn't have a better version, right? Which yeah. is twenty forty nine, which does everything Blade Runner does while also actually interrogating the questions Blade Runner acts like it does. Yeah, you know, uh, let me and, just and it's and it's got Robert Wright in it, and and Anna Darmus and Sylvia Hawkes and Dave Bautista yeah. and Jared Leto. <laughs> Yeah, and Ryan Gosnell, Ray Gosgos. Okay, so Finn, uh, do you want to hear a, a zero or half star review of Blade Runner? Sure. Okay, but first, do you want to hear an incredible five star review by this is Katie on Letterbox? Sure. Not to be that bitch or anything, but Harrison Ford can slurp me like he <laughs> slurps those noodles any day of the week. Like fucking absolutely. <laughs> like, like yeah, yeah. To be clear. I am reading that because I agree with it, and it's a great piece of phrasing. <laughs> Sorry, I just had this terrible fear of being like, it sounds like I'm reading a woman expressing her sexuality and being like... Isn't that hilarious? Yeah. And it's, yeah. Uh, uh, no. I want to be clear. Women's sexuality is disgusting, not hilarious. Yeah, yeah you, you sent me this really good video by, by Ben Shapiro talking about, about WAP. <laughs> Most of the half star reviews are people taking issue with the with the the, the enforced kiss with the sexual violence. Yeah, uh, and, and I I don't think they're wrong. And there's also a lot of uh, people doing half star reviews and then being like the uh, the half star is just to get attention. I just don't like X. Yeah. Um. Uh. And, and people calling it boring. Oh, I did see a good one, but it's just short. Come on. <clears throat> so this is a half star review from Pennywise Troll. The Blade Runner doesn't seem to have any blade-proof running shoes. So how does he run on all the blades without hurting his feet? Thank you, Pennywise Troll. So Finn, you you pitched Replicant 2001, yep. Ringo Lamb. 
what what would you say is its biggest connection to Blade Runner? Uh, the repeated use of the term replicant, uh, and the fact that in yeah. one scene a person is shot and and fall <laughs> is shot while running and falls through uh, a, a, a falls through a glass door which shatters <laughs> around them. So logline this film for me. A serial killer is cloned by the police so that, so that they can use his clone to help track him down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty much it, right? Yeah. It yeah. stars Jean-Claude Van Damme, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and Michael Rooker. Yeah, so the, 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 the first Jean-Claude Van Damme is a serial killer and serial arsonist called The Torch, uh, who, who we see at the beginning of the movie killing a woman in her apartment and then putting her baby back in its crib yeah. and then setting the woman's body on fire. Uh, and he, he does this or variations of it several times over the course of a movie. And eventually we learn uh, 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 he had an abusive mother growing up. And one time uh, she like locked him in a cupboard uh, while the house caught on fire. And so now uh, he has a fixation on mothers and setting things on fire. Yep. So uh, it, it in, very much answers the question of tell me about your mother. Let me tell you about my mother. Yeah. And then shooting someone across the room. It, it is uh, there's like incredibly literal and incredibly like sweaty like serial killer motivation. Uh, yeah, and so that the- is not give it like that. The thing to understand about Replicant is that we've we've watched several straight to DVD films on this, but this is the most straight and the most <laughs> two and very much the most DVD yeah, of those this is films. Two thousand one is the era of the DVD. Uh, the- and- Digital, versatile disc. <laughs> and but maybe it was released in cinemas, but just everything about it screams straight to DVD. Yeah. This is when, if you got like a DVD out from, from the from a video store, there'd be like, there'd be like a thing at the beginning of a DVD, which would show you the difference between video and DVD definition. And you'd yeah. be like, wow. Using, that, using one of the bits from Swordfish, yeah, yeah. which uh, had not come out at that point, I believe. Is there a bit where he spins in the chair? No, no. <laughs> uh, uh, the, there's a bullet time bit early on oh, where, John, okay. where Jonathan Travolta sets off a uh, a bomb. Oh, okay. Um, is it a bomb in a car? No. Oh. Yes, and okay. all shrapnel comes is, out of is it. Is it outside during the day? Yes. Okay, yeah. Oh, I very clearly remember uh, that from, from, from that thing on DVDs. They, yeah. they show it once full screen and they go, now let's see that again in DVD. <laughs> yeah. A- anyway. Um, they add also on VHSs, which very yes, much. Yes, no, I, I I remember that as well. Which very much seems like uh, putting a scribble tile in Monopoly <laughs> and being like, "Come on, educate yourself, capitalist." Um, yeah. So then the second Jean Claude Van Damme is the replicant, yeah. uh, and so somehow the like Seattle police uh, have gotten some of this guy's DNA and they've cloned him. Uh, and somehow these clo- the, clo- the clone has like a psychic link to the original, <laughs> yeah. which uh, doesn't make sense and is never explained. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so they're, they're, no, because they're family, yeah, because they're twins or whatever. Yeah. And so yeah, so they're, they're, they've been growing this clone. I th- I th- no, let's dwell on that for a moment because when when the twins meet, the the evil twin, the evil, the real guy, the evil guy is yeah. like, oh, they cloned you. Because we would have a connection, like it, like the psychic link between them. he does in the in in the yeah, de- yeah, in, in the, in like the sewers, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was like that was always part of the plan, right? Okay, yeah, and, and so yeah, so their, their, their idea is 
once we have this clone, we we can like let him loose on the streets, and he'll lead us to uh, he'll lead us to the torch. Uh, and so they they pair him with Michael Rooker, a tough guy detective. And so m- m- uh, m- always nice to rook some Michael. Yeah, just yeah. Put, I'll put lo- that out lo- there. Love love a bit of Michael Rooker. Uh, yeah. He's the most slab-like actor I've seen. You know, like I mean, have you seen a Steven Seagal movie? But if you found have out- you seen You Were Never Really Here? No, I He's still it. think like Michael Rooker just has this real sense of like. Steven Seagal seems like if you discovered his like blood... like a human fridge. <laughs> yeah. If you discovered his blood was concrete, you'd be like, oh, yeah. And you were never really here. You're like, if you found out that that man was a living, uh, like, inflating mannequin, you'd be like, yeah. But, like, Michael Rooker, if you cut him, he's just muscle all the way through. Like, he's not big, but he's, he's dense. Right, yeah. I yeah. would happily use Michael Rooker as a paperweight, you know? I was gonna say it's a human shield, <laughs> but um, so uh, yes, yeah, so so, uh, so in, in in the first scene, my, my, Michael Michael Rooker is one of the police officers who is uh, who comes to his burning apartment. He he saves the baby and then chases down a torch. And then uh, in, in the like next scene, the torch like calls him while he's at like a family birthday and like friends him. Uh, but that's. Uh, there, there's an implied time dash. In yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. Several yeah. years have passed. Yeah, but, and, anyway. yeah. And so he, he, so he, he hates this guy, and he's had like you know he's had a real bad experience with him, and he's like blah blah blah. And so when when he meets the when he meets the replicant version, he's like, oh, this guy's a baddie, and I'm yeah. gonna treat him like a baddie because he tases just, him quite a lot. Yeah, he's yeah. like he's just as bad as the guy that he's cloned from, obviously, because mm, nature versus nurture, it's all about nature. Rah, rah, rah. And yeah, and and so um, when uh, when the replicant is is like released from its uh, gross uh, like uh, uh, from its gross uh, uh, like growth sack. And it, it comes out covered in uh, comes out like covered in fluids and yep. egg white. Another connection to Blade Runner, but yep. this time to twenty forty nine. Absolutely, uh, yeah. So so uh, so the 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 replicant Van Dam is like put into a uh, put into a white room where there's like a bunch of TVs with, with, with a woman telling him, "Today we're going to learn the basics of of walking, standing, and sitting." Yep. Now I am walking, and she walks around, and now I am sitting. Now I'm standing again. And he's supposed to learn uh, what all of those words mean and ha- and how to do those actions just by watching this on TV. Yeah, and and then we see like a time dash and moves from him kind of like stumbling around the room, uh, not able to move properly. To uh, now he's watching gymnastics on TV and he's just doing incredibly complicated gymnastics routines. And man, it's a like good gag. if the, the if there's a direct appeal of this film. Beyond the fact that, like, Michael Rooker gets to be a gruff policeman. Yeah, M- M- Michael Rooker gets to, like, be the lead in a movie. Is just, like, this is a late primera JCVD just doing sweet-ass moves yeah. of, yeah, like... He, he's doing... Most Jean-Claude Van Damme movies that I've seen don't give him, like, as much of a showcase as, as this one does. Yeah. The, like, like e- e- even though Rooker is, like, the lead of this movie and both of the Van Dams are, like, supporting, the, 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 this is... Like so much of this is just a showcase for Van Damme to do like cool ass stunts and and well, and lots and lots of, like and, and just like show off his gymnastics. It gives him a chance to do the three things he loves the most: be evil, do gymnastic stunts, and battle himself. <laughs> and battle himself. Uh, then I'd add a fourth thing: uh, his greatest strength, which is and like oh my, the most weirdly affecting and possibly good part of this film. 
is that Van Damme is the clone, is the new human, you know? Yeah. Uh, commits a lot of time into playing him as this, like, naive waif floating through the world. Yeah, he, he, he's like a newborn baby deer. Um, uh, and that persists. Yeah. And there's something nice about it, and I'm like, is this good? He commits to it. Yeah. Like, there is a heart to it. But then I began to realize that I think this was intended to be funny. Yeah. Like, it's supposed to be a wacky comedy where the but like pit- it, it, yeah and it doesn't work on my level but like it works no. on a level of like genuine like pathos <laughs> yeah like like he, this he, just in- genuinely empty-headed man yeah yeah, yeah like he, he he plays that like really well in like a genuinely kind of like like sad way <laughs> well and but just ends up with things like but then when you get scenes where he is like he wants to have sex so of course the cop does the standard cop thing. no no okay so no so like so it, it's it's not that the cops set that up. It's that he just like go, he goes off on his own after oh, uh, after right, a certain yeah. point, and he winds up in that part of town. Oh, okay. so yeah, like while, while we're watching the movie, you you like said something about like like oh the police, uh, yeah. And I just want to make clear. Uh, so yeah, so there, there's a scene where he, where like where the the replicant uh, gets. Uh, uh, so he he's walking through part of town, which turns out to be the uh, uh, which turns out to be the red light district. Yeah, of uh, Seattle. Yeah. And uh, uh, and and a prostitute walks up to him, and she's like, "Oh, hey, do you want to come with me?" And she like just like grabs him by the collar and drags him into a hotel room. Yeah, but he's gone there looking for sex, right? Like, me- like maybe. I because there is a line that Michael Rooker says, yeah, uh, like hinting at that. But I, I think that's just Michael Rooker, like, like oh, just like describing the urges of any man, you know. He, yeah, and it is uh, my, my my point being like this scene of him encountering the sex worker mm. being dragged uh, uh, into 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 a hotel room where where porn is put on and and it's just this naive guy. This was the point where I was like, oh, this is supposed to be funny. We're, this is supposed to be a comic set piece of like, what if a man with no brain interacted well, with I, the I, sex worker? See, I, I I think this is the part where it's supposed to like stop being funny. Oh, there is a point in it where it does stop yeah, being yeah. funny, but I think yeah, yeah, at, at, yeah, at, at the beginning of the scene, yeah, yeah, because like yeah, she she starts trying to like take his clothes off and whatever, and then he, I mean, he's like uh, getting really into it, but he he has no idea what he's doing, and also he doesn't have any money to pay her, and and so like she calls in uh, uh, well, 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 mobsters. Well, yeah, yeah, so like, he doesn't have money. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, he he. No, it's it's a it's not it's a uh, gross weird scene, but yeah. So so yeah. yeah. So she she calls in some guys to like be like, hey, this, this this guy can't pay. They come in and start trying to beat him up. And oh, so so like she she calls on the phone to say he can't pay. Yeah, then, we got a deadbeat. Yeah, and then by the time they they get in, she kind of realized, oh, this guy uh, doesn't have any idea like who he is or what's happening. Yeah, and they, he he. Yeah, he he's just a sort of like empty vessel, and then so when the when the mobsters get in to try and beat him up, she's like, "Hey, uh, don't don't beat him up. Actually, I've I've changed my mind." And then they're like, "No, you know the rules." You like, and so they like throw into a wall, and then his like woman in danger sense gets activated, and he and like he beats them up, and, and then the cops arrive, and, and, yeah, and yeah, because because Michael Rooker, there's like a tracking thing inside the clone Van Dam. And and Michael Rooker lost him, so he does a trick on some of the other uh, police officers to get them to like tell him where where the tr- where the oh, tracker so is. That's what yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. 
yeah, and, and yeah, and so and so that's how he finds her. Blah blah blah. Um, and it's just, it, it, and eventually there's a, conf- a couple of confrontations between the two JCVDs. Yep. Um, and, and you know, we're brothers. Oh, I can't fight him, but eventually he does fight him. And yeah, there's a there's a scene in the crematorium of a hospital. It's <laughs> yeah. their like final showdown scene. Uh, where like four or five times in a row that they, they, they want to drive home the point of like the original Van Damme because of the like psychic connection, every movie the original makes the clone knows about. And so they do this gag four yeah. or five times where at the same time they both do like like spinning roundhouse kicks in the opposite direction and their legs like hit in the middle. <laughs> yeah. And then they show it again in slow motion and then they show them doing it again. And then they show like them punching and their punches, their fists always hit when they punch. And then they go back to the spinning roundhouse kick. It's... Uh, is pretty good. And the thing this film has going for it is that Ringo Land, this is my first uh, 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 lamb shank. Yeah. Uh, it's my first time as a Ringo star and first time going on the lamb. Yeah. Um, and like, I would say the plot of this film and the plot sequence, the plot heavy sequences of this film, I wouldn't so much say that they're nothing to write home about is like, uh, if you want to write home about these, you shouldn't be allowed a pen. Um, <laughs> But the action yeah, scenes. Yeah, you're 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 back in primary school. We're 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 revoking your pen license. I never got a pen license, no. and that genuinely, well, you I get can't... a fucking quill license because you're old. <laughs> so I do. Job. I do own several fountain pens. No, you know that. Of course you do. They're just lamies. They're just okay. cool. Sorry <laughs> that I like as a writer to write well. You want to come for me? Best <laughs> give me a charming thumbs up. <laughs> Smile like he's in a photo next to a, a local attraction. <laughs> it's the thumbs up of a man next to a big old ball of twine. <laughs> um, but Ra- Lamb knows how to shoot action, especially yeah. clearly on a budget. Like yeah. this film never looks expensive, but it like the action is always coherent varied and thrilling yeah and van damme is always super up for whatever lamb wants him to do and yeah. and the, the two of them like work well together they 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 made another movie was it before or after this uh oh, there's there's one action scene that doesn't really involve van damme at all that's the scene where michael rooker is on the outside of an ambulance that's speeding through a hospital parking lot being driven by the evil van damme and uh like it kind of genuinely looks like michael rooker is in actual danger from being slammed into stuff yeah like it is it's a genuinely good high-speed car smashing scene. Oh no! In Hell, it was after this his other film, uh, okay. JCVD. Um, but the uh, and it comes down to things like yeah, like how it cuts around Rooker on the side of the ambulance, uh, uh, and how especially when the two Van Dams are fighting each other. Yeah, this film does a very good job uh, of keeping the action kind of linear coherent and also shot and cut in a way where you're you like we have terrible film people who just watch blade runner and watching this you're like i can't see his face in the shot but like watch like it, yeah, it does it, it, the it, best it, it can to make it seem like there's two of them yeah. with cuts and editing yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's there there like a bunch of shots when they're in business with fighting where like where it feels like you can see both of the van damme's faces at the same time even, though, even you though you can't yeah. yeah and like of course there are a couple we can because there's there's motion control mm. and stuff yeah but the, and with that I just like there's just nothing really else to say about this film. Like the other comparison to Blade Runner is that it raises this thing, this idea of innate familial connection. If the same person was in the world twice, they would have a connection. 
um, but they could be turned out differently. It is kind of like yeah. the film version of the theory of like you don't kill baby Hitler, you take him to a nice primary school to raise him well. Yeah, but it has no interest in that. It just wants fights in different rooms. Yeah, like, you know? like and that's not necessarily bad, but it's just. It's not as deep as it yeah, wants to yeah. or could like, be. Th- 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 there's a scene where 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 Michael where where Michael Rooker's mother or someone's mother just like says like says that explicitly like oh two like if you treat someone like a criminal they'll 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 turn out to be a criminal blah, blah, blah. and and then that, that then the movie's kind of like done with that as as an idea. Well, and it, and it builds to at the end like uh, uh, when when the bad guy is killed. Uh, Michael Rooker shoots the bad JCVD in yeah. the head. The clone is like, oh, now all my family is gone. And Michael Rooker goes, no, I am your family. And you're just like, yeah, no, I know. Ray, it's like, Ray Skywalker. <laughs> but it's in a way where it is like, and when I say it's the most straight-to-DVD film ever, it is just that sense where you're like, the moment you hear the premise, you're like, oh, it'll end with him going like, I have no family. Oh, no, you're my family, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it it is just, there is... You you wouldn't recommend this film, would you? Super cut of fight scenes, maybe. Yeah, yeah, the fight scenes are all cool. If you like Jean-Claude Van Damme, this is like this is a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. And, and you know? his portrayal of the clone is legitimately an interesting offer. Yeah. There is just nothing. We we just discussed Blade Runner scene for scene, and I and I think found something interesting in each scene. <laughs> going through this going through Replicant, it would be like, yeah, okay, so he attacks a woman uh for the third or fourth time. Oh, okay. We 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 did forget the the one scene that I uh, loved in the film. <laughs> Go which on. Is, uh, so there, there was a bit uh, like just after Michael Rooker uh, has like got acquainted with with the replicant uh, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, uh, and and he's still like treating him badly. He's still like like punching him and kicking him all the time because he's suspicious of him. Because it's a straight to DVD film. Yeah. When you don't like someone, you just punch and kick them. Yeah, and so so he he uh, he he has to go home for a bit. So he he takes uh, Jean Claude uh, back to his house. He takes him to the basement and and he handcuffs him to to like a radiator and uh, uh, by the dog's dinner bowl. Yeah, yeah, during the scene, the dog comes downstairs and starts eating from its bowl. And and the replicant's like, "Oh, food! I should eat some of that." And he takes he takes some of the dog food, and starts eating the dog food. Uh, and and then Michael Rooker's son comes in and he's like, "Oh, that's for dogs. You shouldn't eat that." Here, have some of this, and starts like breaking off little bits of like some like muesli bar he's eating and giving it to him. Yeah. I mean, it cuts back upstairs to Michael Rooker, and you 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 hear the son scream from downstairs, and you see him like you see Michael Rooker run downstairs, and the son has like comes out of the room. He's got like a mouth full of blood. Yeah. He's got he's got like blood trickling out of his nose, and then just like, a mouth full of blood. And you're like, and and it's, it's, you're immediately like. Uncle Van Damme bit that kid's tongue off. Oh that's, my god, that's hardcore. <laughs> he, he mixed him. I would um, recommend this film yeah, now. Yeah, and, and then like, and then Michael Rooker runs into the into the room and starts like, "What are you doing to my son?" Why? And he starts like punching him and kicking him. And then it cuts back outside to the to the son talking to his mum. And the son mentions that like the, the dog like <laughs> like punched him, I guess, and knocked his tooth <laughs> out. It makes it makes no sense how the dog did this to him. There's no, I guess, why he says is stop. It, the monkey's like, stop, stop. The dog punched him. <laughs> <laughs> and like like when when that happened i was kind of disappointed that the film didn't go with the idea of 
Like one of the heroes of a film just punched a child in the face, <laughs> but also making it that the dog bit off his tongue. Yeah, but like making it that the dog did it is such a <laughs> dumb fake out, and it's so funny. It is. It is definitely a script that takes longer to watch than it did to write, uh, and. I'm sure, like, looking at the action of this film, I'm interested in seeing Ringo Lam's other work. He came out of the Hong, out of Hong Kong. He still works in Hong Kong. Well, no, he's he's dead. Oh, he, no, 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 he's he's still, no, no, no. It says here, uh, his ghost haunts several cameras that are used on the Shaw Brothers lot to this day. <laughs> Ringo Lam died in 2018. His <laughs> yeah. last film was in 2016. I believe it was a Sky on Fire. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. It was, it was the... The, the culmination of his long-running On Fire series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which aren't connected by anything but the title. Yeah. And, and they're all about how Hong Kong is fucked. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I would like this podcast to be available on <laughs> as many platforms as possible. So I would like to say that it is interesting that he took that view of Hong Kong and that I... Youth's only opinion on Hong Kong is it should be owned by the British. I'm... <laughs> No, I give it back. Give it back. <laughs> no, my only opinion which, on which which James Bond movie opens with the, the, the like uh, with with, uh, with like handing Hong Kong back to the back back back, uh, back to the Chinese. It was. It, it, it's it's one of the Daltons or one of the Brosnans. It was go- well. It was going to be the plot of Tomorrow Never Dies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure. It's not the whole plot. Yeah, yeah, no. It, it just like happens in in, in, in the, 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 the 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 like opening scene is like about that. No, no, it's not. It would because the original scripts for Tomorrow Never Dies were entirely about that. Oh, okay. We're going to be about someone blowing up like the embassy of Hong Kong on the day of the handover. Oh, okay, but then they changed it. But the opening scene of Tomorrow Never Dies is um, Bond infiltrating a terrorist arms. Be- bizarre and using a a jet plane as a handgun oh, okay um so maybe it's in there somewhere yeah uh, anyway um but the thing <laughs> no the the thing i would say is uh, about about hong kong is that i think this podcast would sound especially good on huawei phones <laughs> huawei good just i think it's good yeah i i, I used to have one of your phones yeah yeah and and and, and now I don't have an info of a joke. <laughs> but yeah, Ringo Lam, I'm interested in seeing his other work. Yeah. From the way he shot action and this. So, Yufa. Yeah. Would you say that the, this film, Replicant, directed by Ringo Lam, is shite or sound? It's yeah. shite. Yeah, it's shite. Uh, I was really, really like, there is a good straight to DVD action film where John Claude Van Damme fights himself. In fact, there are several. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it is just sad that Replicant is not one of them. And yeah. like Rooker is always compelling and gives it his all. They have just got nothing to work with. Yeah, it, it's the, the 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 most like one note like tough guy cop kind of character. Yeah, it's, it, it's yeah, it, it's a super boring role for 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 for, for, for Rooker, who is like really good at going fucking nuts with stuff. Yeah, like and, that's what he's amazing at. Yeah, and if you love Rooker or you love JCVD, get to this eventually, but yeah. don't. Don't run out and see it. But Ringo, like, if this is my introduction to Ringo Lamb and I end up loving him, I'll like the film for that. But So, Yufa, would you like to hear a five-star review of Replicant? Does such a thing exist? Uh, there's um, a surprising amount of them on Letterboxd. This is my Letterboxd user, Joe. So, uh, this is a five-star review. It's also a rewatch. So, so Joe, 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 Joe's a big fan. Uh, 
So he's I, a replicant, replicant. I can see people being put off by the ridiculousness of a plot, but for me, that's part of what makes this an honest-to-God masterpiece. Usually for a story this weird, you sacrifice a little bit of polish in other areas, but director Ringo Lamb is at the top of, the action, at the top of his action game, delivering lively and exciting action sequences to go along with a, with a batshit narrative, and Van Damme delivers a genuinely soulful performance as the serial killer's sweet and innocent clone. When his eyes well up with tears at the violence around him, I really feel it, man. Like, I wish, like, I wish I had seen that film. Yeah. And, like, when he says, like, it's so weird, I just, I know it should be weirder. Yeah, like, like this, this this film feels so conventional to me. Like, JCVD falling out of a clone sack covered in egg yolk should be the beginning of the film from which it constantly ratchets up. But, it no, it's the yeah. weirdest thing in the film. Yeah, like, and, it, like, it, it's it, a fucking budget thing, and, yeah. like, no one can... And I'm not mad about that. But, but. like, if, if you want to see, like, an actually weird Jean-Claude Van Damme film that we've done for this podcast, <laughs> yeah. Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. Yeah, check which, it like, out. Which has, like... It's and, genuinely outre. Yes. <laughs> like, that, that, is, that is a piece of... Uh, like low budget outsider art. <laughs> okay, I would not go that uh, far. I I know you wouldn't, but like it's good and it's crazy. Yeah, no, check it out. Yeah, um, I would also say uh, replicant is uh, shite. It yeah. is as much as it pains me to say it. it. It's it's not it's not terrible. It's it's just bland and like yeah. and it 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 doesn't do enough with with its premise. And, and I presume that everyone involved at every level has done something better. So there's yeah. no tragedy to it. It's just. You know, there there are guys whose hats are beer koozies and have handlebar moustaches and drive big trucks and say my other truck is a horse and they live in, I guess, Wyoming and smoke two packs of parliaments every day and call their partner the ball and chain and go, you know, and, and like work in IT and what they love is that at night they like watching people fight and, and they... This film exists for those people, and those people have a happy, uncomplicated life. Yep. The people I just made up. You know what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. though? And, and, and that's fine. I I just am better than it. Better than them. No, no, no. No, no. They're better than me. I. They live happy lives. They, they're full of joy. They've probably got a, by my age, they've probably got a couple of kids, yeah, a big maybe. TV go and work every day, got running jokes with their boss, maybe they're starting their own business, cutting trees into, um, I don't know, dildos. <laughs> uh, also, do you, do you want to you uh, guess what uh, Joe's uh, four favourite movies on Letterboxd are? Oh, yeah. This is the man who gave it five stars. Uh, yeah. Is it just replicant four times? <laughs> okay, so uh, what... what uh, uh, what, what, one of them is a movie uh, I've never heard of before uh, 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 from 1995 called Mute Witness. Oh, I um, the Gary Oldman film? Uh, uh, no. Mute. It's got Alec Guinness in it? Yeah, yeah. It's I've the Waller film, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is that was a poster that was in. I, I grew up in Arrow Street in, in Wellington, so every day I'd walk past Arrow Video. Um, which is great. Check it out, arrowvideo.co.nz. And that poster, which has uh, a woman's face with the word mute stitched over yeah. her lips, was in their window for a long time. It is an early, like, traumatizing uh, poster. That is where I know it from. Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so Mute, mute Witness is one, is one of the top four. Uh, then we've got a Burton. Uh, live action or animated? Uh, both. Planet of the Apes. No, it's it, it's 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 live action with 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 some animated elements. But 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 like Alice in Wonderland. No, no, like like 
uh, like kind of mid mid era Burton. Oh, Big Fish. Uh, earlier, Edward's. Is- it's a movie where lots of famous people die. Oh, Mars Attacks. Yeah, I just would never. Hmm. Animated is it? It's not an animated. Oh, film. Okay, I've 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 aliens like clay claymation or no? The aliens are CG. Oh, CG, right? Okay. Ak ak. That's how they talk. Ak 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 ak. Okay. Uh, next we've got uh, next we've got a Taiwanese film. Is it Yi Yi? No. Brighter Summer. No. What is the other Taiwanese film? Is it uh, is it a um? Come on, Ang Lee. Oh, uh, sorry. I'm. Uh, I was <laughs> Hong Kong, not not, oh, okay. not 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 Taiwan. Is it uh, action or drama? Uh, drama. Uh, is it uh, Wong Kar Wai? Yeah. Is it in the mood for love? No. Is it Chunking Express? Yes. And then uh, num- number four is a uh, uh, is a uh, classic nineteen uh, sixties Japanese horror film. Oh, is it? Um, Hausu is eighties, eh? Uh, Seventies. Oh, God, my brain is blank. You're gonna say it's gonna be so fucking yeah. obvious. Uh, it is Kuroneko. Oh fuck! Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, made that by... would have never occurred to my brain in a million years. Yeah, maybe I'm saying who made Onibaba. Oh, right. Yeah. So that's Joe on Letterboxd. So, Finn, where can people find you? Uh, who cares? You can find the show on Twitter <laughs> at uh, ShiteSoundPod or you can email us at ShiteSoundPod at gmail.com. And check out our website at ShiteAndSound.com. Uh, if, if you want to check me out personally on any of the various socialized medias, just put in the handle YouthaLives uh, and sign up for my newsletter at bit.ly yep. slash YouthaLives. Uh, who's our theme song by? It's uh, uh, it's by Kazan Blame. It's called The Nux. Check him out. On Bandcamp. Uh, hey, if you like the show, like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Why not? If you got this far, you, you did like it. And if Ridley Scott's listening, yeah, um, just go give Denise Villeneuve a big old kiss. Um, what are we watching next week, Finn? Uh, next week. Okay, so this is exciting. Yeah. Uh, next week. Long-term listeners. You 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 might remember that episode fifteen wasn't just episode fifteen; it was episode fifteen A. Yeah, that's uh, right. And next week uh, we are releasing episode fifteen B. Fifteen A was the cut down version of von Stroheim's Greed. Yeah, and, and the Joss Whedon cut of Zack Snyder's Justice League: The Snyder Cut. Yeah, and so this time we are going to be watching. A uh, four-hour version of Greed. <laughs> yep, uh, the which, Von Stroheim cut. Yeah, uh, and with that, we're going to be watching the Snyder cut. Yeah, the Snyder cut of Zack Snyder's Joss Whedon, Zack Snyder's <laughs> Justice League, the Snyder cut. Yeah, uh, eight hours of film. Yeah, uh, we we might have a guest for that one. Uh, there's someone I've talked to about <laughs> it, but uh, I I I literally do not know if if anyone will want to do this, and uh, I do not blame them if they don't. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, we may split it over several days yeah. Um, yeah I think that's probably for the best uh, that's everything we have to do right yeah. yes movies are good movies are good <laughs> what you missed is Finn leaned away from the microphone and whispered replicants oh do you we should do that yeah movies are good movies are good <laughs> even bad ones even bad ones go, go watch them go, go watch them uh, okay maybe.
sunstrike. It's, it's like Deathstroke <laughs> from from the uh, uh, from from Zack Snyder's Justice League. Next week on yeah. Chun Sound. Yeah, we'll finally, finally get to see Joey Manganiello in action as Deathstroke. Maybe. I mean, we already got a chance to see that at the end credits. <laughs> yeah, we got to see like two Just seconds of him walking around on a boat. Yeah. And I presume he has a hilarious cameo in The Suicide Squad. Why oh, I hope so. I, I'm... If, okay, so if anyone hasn't seen Magic Mike XXL, there's a scene in that movie where Joe Manganiello is, in a, uh, uh, is, is inside a gas station and he is tasked with doing a striptease to make a woman uh, who works for gas station smile. Yeah. And, uh, like... Like, like if you, if you like read that scene, it's like in like the real world, that, that's a scene of a man just like sexually harassing a woman to get her to smile, which is like, uh, like weird and bad. But like in that movie, it's one of the most charming uh, things I've ever seen. I have two points I want to make before I get back to the most pressing subject, yeah. Sunstrike. <laughs> the first is that what I like about that scene is that he starts dancing across the room from her yeah. getting drinks out of the the cabinet the, ca- the, the cabinet fridge. The, the fridge, fridge yeah. there we go um and, and it is only when she starts to seem to be receptive yeah yeah that he moves towards her and it's not like I'm just, uh, you know, the yeah. way you describe the scene, it's like, it was like, hey, go in there, dance. <laughs> and then he'd be like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if I just ground on you? But it is like, no, like, of the many joys of Magic Mike XXL, a sincere, like, a film I genuinely cannot think of a problem with. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, fuck, I love that <laughs> film. Uh, one of the things I love about it is that it, 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 it takes a lot of time to be very clear on issues of, like, consent and when yes. things are appropriate uh, um, while still being like. And the other thing is I've talked a lot of times about how much I love uh, synthesis. <laughs> Uh, opposite meanings being held simultaneously and equally and not alternately. And I think that sequence is a great one because it is both absolutely hilarious and just bone-shatteringly erotic at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's good. And it's a character beat for yes, him because he yeah. needs to... The the fact... Just, okay, welcome to Magic Mike XXL Talk. Um, This is our... 500 part <laughs> uh, podcast breaking down Magic Mike uh, second by second. Uh, it it seems to be only slightly about 10 minutes yeah. long, just under that. We're not counting the credits. Um, yeah, and- <laughs> one best live action short. <laughs> Uh, and the fact that Magic Mike XXL, that the fourth act of that film is just them dancing, yeah, uh, for just a, a crowd of incredibly enthusiastic women, but all of their dancers work in a way to push their individual character acts forward, yeah. and it is like, and not in a way where you're like. Come on, you're just like, doing this to it. Yeah, we, we get it. This guy, like, this guy wants this thing in life, so he's doing this in his dance. But no, but it is, it's like, oh no, the only way this art could have resu- ended was with him doing a dance. <laughs> oh, it is j- like, oh, I have said it before on this podcast, but there should be a, st- a straight to Blu ray Magic Mike film every year. Yeah. Um, uh, with different people being Mike, different people being Magic. Um, <laughs> Different people being Big Dick Richie, but all, 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 all your favorite characters, <laughs> but, Dallas, the kid, can't remember any of the other ones. Um, 